my first question for you, Colin, is can everybody be a successful entrepreneur? Hello and welcome to the Colin with Colin show where you get to call in from anywhere in the world and ask Colin or talk to Colin about anything that you want. In this episode, we have Jason Siano calling in from New York City. In 2003, Jason discovered Chipotle while visiting friends from the University of Arizona in Los Angeles and helped design and execute their early New York expansion. What does that mean? Well, now there's a Chipotle in every corner of America and you can thank Jason for that. He also helped develop the franchise and national strategies for both European Wax and Orange Theory Fitness. And today, Jason is a nationally recognized thought leader and content creator in commercial real estate, retail, and digital media spaces. Jason is also the founder of Saber Real Estate Advisors, Hello Jenny, and the CRE Digital Army. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Jason Siano to the show. My first question for you, Colin, is can everybody be a successful entrepreneur? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think I, I think anybody can be successful because it's all mindset at the end of the day. Um, what I would ask is anybody that's looking to start their own venture, I would ask themselves this question is how do you deal with pressure? Um, how, you know, are you, can you think outside of the box or are you one of those that just likes to follow trends? Um, and, and, you know, you've been a business owner for you know, 10 plus years and then on the other side, 20 years within this space. So uh, I'm sure your business plan and the amount of stress, stress, the pressure is always a constant ebbs and flows. And so it's never ending. And so to be successful as an entrepreneur, I think anybody has that ability. Um, but at the end of the day, how well can you deal with the pressures of life and understand that when you write a business plan, it's not gonna, everything will not go to plan. You can write the perfect thing, think of the perfect timing, and all of that is irrelevant because within months, it could shift a hundred different directions because you're forced to make that happen. And if you can't pivot with it, you're gonna fail. And so, you know, look at small businesses. Um, I think it's after five years, 70% 70, 70 plus of um, small businesses fail within the first five years, which is crazy. Uh, and a lot of that is just understanding you, knowing how do you personally cope with stress, anxiety? Are you willing to adapt and overcome anything that gets thrown your way? What do you think? Curious your thoughts. I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like I'm talking to myself on some levels. You know, it's funny because I, I, uh, I try to give back uh, quite a bit and I mentor uh, many people at all stages of, of their business. And, you know, that's exactly the type of feedback that I give people. Um, because the reality is, I'll take it a step further, you can't prepare or plan for anything that uh, is going to be thrown at you, you know, next week, no less next year or five years from now. Um, so I think, you know, resilience, personally, I believe is is one of the most important qualities uh, to be a successful entrepreneur. Um, and I think, you know, the next, uh, you know, kind of, um, 
I guess to piggyback onto that initial question, I'd like to discuss, uh, you know, how the digital space and social media is maybe filling people with, um, you know, with some uh, misconceptions about uh, what it means to be an entrepreneur. And I think it's being glamorized uh, to a point by many people that are, you know, leveraging social media to make a buck, to sell courses, to, you know, a lot, a lot of fake ass, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, gurus out there. Yes. Uh, and I, you know, that, that's something that's near and dear to my heart because I don't want young people to be misled by people that are just preying on them. What are your thoughts on that? I think it happens way too often and it's unfortunate, man. And that's the world we live in. There's a lot of people. And, and this is what I would say to anybody that's like, they got suckered into buying. I'm sure at some point they've bought a course and it was just junk and they got nothing from it. I would, I would want them to think about the perspective of if they're this good, why aren't they doing it themselves within that area? Um, and you know, there's a, there's just, honestly, there's not a ton of really successful entrepreneurs that are also advocates and coaches uh, that are in today's state. Because even if you once was very successful, um, the market has shifted so many directions. You look at the last decade, like 10 years ago, uh, Facebook ads didn't even exist, right? I mean, like, so everything, if, if they were a business owner 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you exited for hundred million. Yes, there's a ton of knowledge and principles um, that are instilled from that. And, and, and there's um, successors behind it. And it really just depends on what they're going as a target market, um, as what type of position offer that they're offering to the end consumer. But I would just say this, if they're not, look at their resume. History speaks for itself. If they're that good, why aren't they doing it? If they're just coaching other people and they're using the other person's case studies, there's a lot of other missing puzzle pieces to what's actually taking place today. Um, there's a lot of unknowns, unvariables. And we talked about it at the beginning. You don't know what to expect until it hits you in the face. And so that's, you know, look at what's happening with inflation. Steel is up sure. almost 400%. You, you're coming from the, the real estate side, building uh, a massive commercial real estate um, empire that you have, the cost and inflation is through the roof. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of market opportunities for you for pre-existing businesses. If you already own them, now you can collateralize it or either use it as an asset to build more stuff. I probably wouldn't build right now, honestly. I would wait for another 12, 18 months for things to level out because that rate of return, once we get past this soon to be recession, um, it's, it's gonna, you're, you're gonna have a lot more upside. And so you can use what's happening in today's market as beneficials, as long as you can solve problems. So for instance, and I'll stop here is like, uh, I think of it as diversify or die. You can't rely on one channel as 70%, 80% of your revenue diversified into one specific outlet. So if your leads or you're monetizing direct conversion-based objectives on social platforms, 12, 18 months from now, none of them will talk. What are you gonna do? Are you just gonna figure it out then? You better start coming up with a plan right now. I'm curious you know, how you've been uh, just pivoting and making adjustments to kind of stay ahead of it 
you know, are you leading the charge at your company uh, with a lot of that? Or you rely heavily on your team to, uh, you know, also keep you posted? I mean, obviously, you've grown a very large business at this point. How much of it uh, would you say you're responsible for on kind of the staying ahead of and the innovation side? Uh, so you're, you know, your surfboard's ready before the wave comes as opposed to, you know, when the waves are ready uh, crashing at the shore, so to speak. Yeah, so... Um, I would say a hundred percent, honestly, I am kind of, I love being a visionary. I love, I like, I can, so it's like a chess game. I can see yeah. where things are going and I keep up to current on ways to position ourselves and get ahead. Um, and that's really where I th- like zone of genius is into certain areas. For me, I'd rather focus on what I'm strong at and let other people, uh, we have an incredible team. Um, and I, I trust them. I believe I can let go and know that, you know, these guys, they, whatever their department role is, Jeff, incredible creative director for us at Redline, also business partner with Millionaire Creator. So I can let go of a lot of different areas within the business, knowing that because we've communicated, we have an open, um, there's an open trust aspect. He'll do stuff. You know, ask, I always say this when I was in the army, like I would rather ask for forgiveness and ask for permission. And so taking that initiative is huge. And so we have an incredible team to do that. As far as pioneering, like where the business will go, road mapping, um, I, I handle all of that, but I don't have a lot of micro involvement on my business from a day-to-day operation standpoint. Um, I kind of act as um, the CMO to a degree and you know, it's, it's more of stuff that I'm passionate about. And I think that's life. When you love what you do, it's not work. Um, and you wake up passionate to come and win the day. It's, uh, I mean, again, I, I feel like I'm talking to myself. This is kind of strange in, in, in some ways. And, you know, Jeff and I know each other a long time. So, I, I, you know, it's funny how aligned we are. You know, I fully uh, spend my time really, you know, thinking about the future of my industry and how I can, uh, positively disrupt it. And mm-hmm. it's what's funny right now is all of the work that I've put in through the pandemic, uh, when everybody was, you know, sitting on their couch eating uh, Captain Crunch, and I was in my office every single day, doing a new, uh, you know, short uh, show on on Instagram live at home with my homies and interviewing them just to, you know, uh, just to generate attention and and stay top of mind, you know, all of the things that I, uh, well, I started a few businesses uh, during the pandemic, actually, that are really uh, growing in in, uh, really awesome ways uh, now. And, you know, I also innovated quite a bit with Sabre. And what's interesting, Colin, is as uh, as the dust kind of settles from the pandemic, the things that I did a year and a half ago, two years ago at this point, are starting to play out and there's major shifts and changes going on within the company. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm watching those shifts happen and to the people around me who don't share my brain, uh, they're like, wow, I can't believe this person's not no longer with the company or we're doing this, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. And to me, I have to like stop and, and just pinch myself that, you know, all of the innovation and things that you know i implemented are now starting to happen and major changes are 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 occurring uh and nothing is really um 
happening at random, but to other people, it might seem that way. Does that sound familiar? No, it does hundred percent. And I, and I think there's a lot of people that become extremely complacent and they don't understand the repercussions of their actions today. They think that you can, Hey, no big deal. I'm going to figure it out on Monday type mindset. Um, or, uh, you know what? I don't have any control over COVID. It shut me down. What else? And they just, they just leave it at that. I can't control this. And I, I believe it's opposite. You control and you can create your own form destiny without the limitations of what the world throws at you. We're redline steel, but I sell about 100,000 shirts a month. I'm not redlineshirts.com, but you know, steel, I mentioned earlier, it's, it's becoming challenging. It's more expensive to source. So what am I doing? I'm getting in front of it. I'm pivoting. Same thing with the entertainment industry. Think about how many celebrities and actors, actresses were not filming and now they're paid on payouts from, and so if they're not filming for a year, hey, they're not worried about it because they have cash flow from all of these other things that were already hit. And the thing is 12 months, 18 months from now, that's when they'll be hit. And if they're not thinking about like, all right, yep, shit, he's right. If I'm not diversified into other things, um, they could end up, you know, essentially living a lifestyle that they can't afford and getting ahead of it is extremely important. Um, I'm curious on your side, cause this got brought up a couple of days ago. Like, you know, we don't own, so I've got 150,000 square feet, um, in Huntsville, Alabama. And you know, they, I rent, um, I don't own the, I don't own the buildings themselves. My perspective is I would rather use that type of line of credit or the, the liquidity to, as that, let's say 30% down payment, uh, 20, whatever it is, 25, 30% down payment to buy the building. I would rather put that into an asset that can make me much more of a return dividend. So instead of, a let's just look at amortizing it over a five year period, instead of only a, a yielded return up to what, 20%, 25% yielded return on a commercial real estate building. And it's obviously gonna be geographic location space. Um, but I would rather put that into assets that are gonna bring me a much larger return. So like lasers where uh, traditional job shops are making in our area, 150 to $300 per hour per laser run cycle time. Um, we monetize lasers from uh, $1,800 to $3,200 in comparison per hour per laser. So massive differences between the rate of return. And so I looked at it from like, hey, I would rather put this into um, assets that I can also, that are just gonna yield a much higher return on the front end because we're only five years old as a business. Wow, that's amazing. I'm curious your thoughts on it. Would you have done yeah, the same yeah. thing? I know coming from the real estate standpoint. For sure. Yeah. I mean, listen, everybody's investment strategy is different. And, you know, a lot of my clients are, um, you know, big fortune 500 or 100 companies that, uh, quite frankly, don't want to don't want to be uh, landlords. Right. Even if it's their own business. Then I have smaller, uh, you know, uh, private companies that all they want to do is buy the real estate that they're going to occupy and ultimately their you know their entire business strategy is built around being real estate investors and developing a portfolio uh, and then they intend to sell their business and maintain the real estate uh you know which is a smart business strategy so you know for somebody like you i think 
you know, ultimately, another question that I, I was going to ask you uh, actually first, but I wanted to get to know you better and understand uh, your business better is, you know, what's your exit strategy, right? Because every time that I sit down, you know, I advise founders and C-suite, uh, you know, um, professionals on on scaling their business. The, one of the first things I ask them is, what's the exit strategy, right? So we can re reverse engineer uh, and ultimately get there. And obviously your brain works that way. Um, so, you know, really depending on what that strategy is, uh, my answer would, you know, would be kind of contingent on, on that answer. And what I'd say to you is, you know, the real estate is all about location, location, location. So if you're going to keep Redline in that facility till the end of time, you might as well, you know, put some money towards that uh, that property. So ultimately you, you own it free and clear, um, but it's probably not going to be the best investment for you. I could probably find you a piece of real estate in a prime area that's going to appreciate in value. Um, you know, for instance, during the pandemic, I saw a property that I knew was undervalued. Uh, put in a, a the asking price was 3.2 million. I put in an offer of 1.6. Bought the property. Six months later, uh, we received an offer for 3.6 for that property. Wow. The real estate that you're sitting on is not going to appreciate in in that way. Um, so it all depends on your strategy and then, you know, the tax, uh, benefit potentially of, of that as well, you know, cost segregation, um, you know, is Amazon going to come along and pay a ridiculous price for your facility because it's the best property in town and it's zoned properly. You know, those are all different types of things that I'd need to know to really give you the right strategy. Yeah, totally makes sense. I guess to answer your, your exit question, I'd love your opinion on it. So I haven't really shared it too openly. So, um, all right, so this is my intent. Exit within, I'd say five to seven years, a billion dollar exit. It's been the vision since I started the company in January of 2016. At that point, we're anywhere from 10 to 12 years old, um, hitting you know unicorn status. So from an exit standpoint, valuation, I think we'll be there beforehand. Um, yep. When I exit, I want to create a private equity group that just acquires businesses within a single audience avatar focus. So women, 40, 65 plus Christian conservatives, married homeowners. And a lot of people are like, well, why, why that? And when you look at online purchase behavior, at least when I started back in 2015 with the due diligence of Redline, um, Statistica had it at 62% is within this demographic. And, you know, it's uh, e-commerce is constantly shifting and changing. And um, what I want to be able to do is acquire businesses. Um, and as I'm building a portfolio, it's aligned within a single vertical because as uh, it becomes more and more challenging with first party and third party data to acquire customers, all of these different assets are first party data that I can serve and like all compliantly from company A into company E and to D and from D into B and, and they can they can they can talk to each other and it's a due diligence based on the profile property of what they purchased, ascending them into other verticals. Um, like if I'm selling makeup and they bought you know what if they if, they, if I was acquiring them from this company, now I'm going to nurture them into other businesses that they would also want to align with. And so 
I think that that's, um, I don't see me ever retiring. Um, I'll be that guy in a wheelchair, freaking rolling into work and winning the day at 90 years old. Yeah. Um, because I love what I do. And for me, concept to reality is a lot of fun. And being able to have a vision come to fruition. And I want my team to win. I want those that um, have my back during challenging times. I want us all to pull up in Lambos. You know, I want us. I, so here's the thing. Most, I don't, I don't want anyone at my business. I, we don't all, I don't want non-competes. I believe in entrepreneurship that much. We'll do NDAs, but I'm not going to do a non-compete. Who am I to control what you do? If you think you can create a red line, go for it. Good luck. It's not as easy as it looks, but I'm all for embracing entrepreneurship in itself. So I don't want to have controlling measures because at the end of the day, I control me and my destiny. And I believe in it that much, not from a cocky or arrogant standpoint, but people connect with people. And that's where a lot of brands and identities behind the brand have failed and they don't have that type of continuity. They don't have relatability. It's a product, but there's no mission or value behind it. So I, I firmly believe that exiting Redline is a catalyst for something much larger. Um, and I, we've been documenting it from the very beginning in 5,000 square feet with a, a flip phone, well, not a flip phone, but literally like an old school phone, horrible quality, saying like, this is gonna be a billion dollar company because the vision is so clear that I wanted to be the first entrepreneur to see from literally concept stages, delivering my first plasma table, showing the delivery, the install, seeing my son at four years old, helping me try to get a piece off the table that's welded in. And I wanna have a Netflix original, um, the docu-series that shows the red line um, from start to mid to finish, to X all of this into a billion dollar company. Imagine what that could look like and to inspire entrepreneurs and people around the world that even though I am a high school dropout, you can take on the world if you have that inner belief and that self-confidence um, and to carry out a vision. And every single day you have that mindset that I'm gonna win the day with this in mind, but understand that it is a chess game and you have to look much further than just next you know, Friday, I want to do this. There's got to be a lot more than that. Yeah. First off, your your answer uh, is, is actually uh, it's it's almost bizarre. I did not expect you to go that direction, um, but I study consumer behavior. That's my superpower. And I focus on females 18 to 54 okay. uh, because the majority of my clients in the fitness and wellness space and the health and beauty uh, verticals um, obviously are, are paying closest attention to that demographic. Um, I study demographics, psychographics, and that's where I spend the bulk of my time. So I just geeked out on everything that you said. Um, I can tell you, you know, um, basically I started with Orange Theory Fitness, expanding them when they had zero studios. Um, and I can tell you how many classes a random Orange Theory Fitness has on a Thursday uh, in anywhere USA. Um, so, you know, the, the buying power of that demographic uh, basically runs the world so much so that one of the businesses I started during the pandemic is called Hello Jenny, because Jenny is that demographic, right? Um, don't want to go too into 
off on a tangent, but you know, there's a lot that we should discuss because everything that you're talking about uh, doing is where I spend my time and, and, and I'm doing several things uh, that would line up. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about that for a second real quick. Um, you mentioned starting several different businesses. You just mentioned Hello Jenny. Like what are those vertical focused alignments? Like what do they have to do with uh, uh, your current uh, real estate business? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I really, I started uh, vlogging about four and a half years ago and I started out just documenting kind of like what you were, you were talking about with Redline. I started documenting my, my weeks and my meetings and traveling and just more, more a little bit more like reality show kind of, uh, you know, breaking the, the fourth wall lens into, you know, what I do and who I am and what Sabre is. Um, you know, from there, I, I started to say that I lived at the intersection of commercial real estate and digital marketing. I built a digital marketing company along the way, uh, all out of necessity to really keep that, you know, lens on Sabre as it was continuing to grow and evolve. Um, along the way, I realized that there's a major void in uh, commercial real estate with regard to how developers and property owners uh, do not really leverage uh, digital marketing and social media. You know, they still subscribe to, you know, spending several dollars on a glossy uh, flyer, um, you know, and, and, and putting some uh, postage on it and sending it out to people, hoping that they see it. And I work with a lot of brands on the other side uh, that leverage social media in a, in a major way and understand the value of it and how to, you know, get to their avatar and, the, and their core customer and so on and so forth. So uh, Hello Jenny is a, a digital marketing company that actually creates and manages the social media platforms for major uh, real estate projects, you know, anywhere from call it 30 to, you know, 30 million to a billion dollar project, uh, essentially. And, and how do we create an ecosystem that's going to not only attract the consumer, that uh, is going to make that Lululemon successful or that Equinox Fitness Club successful. Uh, but how do we actually uh, communicate through these social media handles with the businesses that we'd like to attract into the project? Um, so so I'll, I'm going to stop you there real quick, if you don't mind. I don't want to mess up your flow, but I, I want to point this out to the audience that I really, really like that, um, you know, one, 10 years Sabre's been, you know, a business, 20 years you've been in this space. You've seen market opportunities in a lot of different um, categories, and now you're able to create a necessity based on um, a demand and a need for it because you've been in that vertical for so long. So what I was really looking for in that answer, hello, Jenny, I didn't think of marketing. I was thinking it was like some type of cooking something. I don't know, I, just from the name. But I do want to say like, having that same alignment where it feeds the ecosystem back into itself, that's exactly what he's doing. He's created these subsidiaries that feed the entire ecosystem. And even though they can branch off and monetize and make money for itself and potentially exit on that specific entity, it all feeds back into the, the this vertical aligned focus. I'm curious, your time allocation, what does that look like for you at this point? As you're creating new entities, um, what does that look like for you in your primary business and your other uh, companies? 
Yeah, so I just want to add another business that was started during the pandemic that uh, does exactly what you just described in addition to Hello Jenny. So, you know, we believe in uh, agent first uh, and we're, you know, we're cloud based at Sabre. So, you know, for me, um, and I, I'm good friends with Ryan Serhant and, and Ryan and I do a lot of similar things, him obviously on the residential side, me on the commercial side. Uh, but we believe that an agent's personal brand is more important than, you know, the Sabre brand, essentially, because they're 1099 real estate agents that are working, uh, you know, for themselves, essentially, and where they decide to hang their license uh, is, you know, really fluid, essentially, right? There's there's no major difference. Uh, but what we believe is that, you know, we need to help develop the agent, help develop their personal brand so they can go out and attract uh you know more and more business in this digital world so i didn't want to do that just self-servingly for saber so i ended up starting the cre digital army which is uh exactly that for anybody in the industry doesn't matter where they work um, so we're helping folks develop their personal brand we're helping large companies uh you know commercial real estate companies publicly traded reits that don't understand the importance of social media and actually, you know, ask their people to stop using social media, uh, which is detrimental in this uh, day and age. So what we're doing is we're trying to put parameters in place that, uh, you know, people are not necessarily going, uh, you know, too far and doing things that they shouldn't do, uh, but but helping everybody uh, win in this new environment. So, you know, really, those things are all uh, aligned on some level. Um, is it safe to say that your time's pretty passive on those as far as like um, these other subsidiaries that feed that larger ecosystem? Yeah. So, you know, listen, I spend uh, I really spend the, the bulk of my time on Sabre, um, but I came up with these concepts. I created these companies with partners uh, like you. You know, I like doing the things that I um, I'm really good at, and then I put people around me uh, that do the things that I'm either not good at or don't enjoy doing. Which is why I jump out of bed in the morning excited for uh, you know everything that I have ahead of me, and uh, you never know where where the day is going to take you. And that's what's awesome about what we do. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's super fluid and they go really hand in hand with each other. Uh, but I'm wearing my, my saber hat, you know, basically all day and I'm fielding calls and having meetings that, uh, directly correlate to, uh, those other entities. I have other businesses as well. I won't, I won't bore you with that, but, um, you know, but I'm constantly just trying to inno innovate and help real estate professionals develop their career the way that I wish that I had, you know, somebody uh, that could have helped me when I started 20 years ago. 100%. And so guys, this is something that I see um, that a lot of people make the same common mistake is that um, your people can get easily distracted by opportunities from a thousand different things and they don't even work in tandem. Um, you know, looking at looking at like what, what, um, I don't know. I mean, you could talk to anybody you, every, on Facebook. Oh, I started this company. And then five months later, oh, I'm starting this one. And there's, there's, there's not enough time allocation specifically. So looking at like, okay, how much can I dedicate to this? I owned a sports nutrition company and I started Redline about seven, eight months beforehand. Coming from the fitness industry, it just made sense to have a supplement sports line. 
right. soon realized after about, I don't know, not even long, six months, nine months into it, that this was a distraction from the end goal for Redline Steel, and it had no alignment of avatar focus. So with the vision in mind, is this gonna distract me from everything else? And this is what I would say, focus on one particular thing, master the craft, know your avatar, know who your end consumer is. You mentioned it at the beginning, know your exit strategy. Are you building it with the intention to exit or are you just building it for some form of financial freedom and hopefully you have some form of roadmap that can prepare you for obstacles that you have no clue that's going to hit you in the face so i would say if you diversify into other things and it requires your time similar to what we just heard have it aligned with your vision have it aligned with that same avatar that core demographic in mind if it doesn't it's I would say that it's a distraction and a lot of people get distracted by shiny object syndrome and they're distracted by, oh, wow, look at this. This is trending. Look at NFTs. They get sucked into it. Look at all of these different things that they may or may not control. How much time do you allocate to these projects and is it truly moving the needle 10 times further? Or if you could focus on one main thing and make sure that this comes to fruition, what does that look like for your future? And you can move so much more efficiently and faster, um, but they get distracted by too many opportunities, quote unquote. And I would say this last thing is, um, if I get invested into something else, it's based on a, a, an Z and Y axis gantry chart or an X and Y gantry chart. And it's time, effort, energy, reward. And so what I'm looking at is how much time allocation is this gonna require on my side? What's the stress, effort, energy that's required on this X axis? On the Y axis, what does that look like from a time to reward standpoint? When am I gonna actually see a rated return based on the initial investment? And if it's a below a five on the X with stress, effort, energy, and below a five on reward standpoint, and the reward doesn't have to be financial, it could also be purpose fulfilled. It could be I genuinely, even if I don't make a dollar, want to work with this nonprofit, even though it's gonna require uh, a lot of work on the back end to make this work. That's fun, it's my passion, um, people over profit. And then looking at every decision is predicated on that time, effort, energy, reward standpoint. And if you can have that in mind, you can pre-frame everything from a business standpoint and also personal. Is it worth you going to LA to do this photo shoot or whatever? Is it, is it gonna move the needle towards your vision? If not, it's a distraction, don't even do it. Is it worth me speaking at this mastermind? Well, who's, who's in the room? Is it worth is it, is it aligned with the vision? Nope, it's a distraction, don't do it. And so I'm very, very particular with how I allocate my time because people don't put enough emphasis on what you can truly do given a time period. And even though I can make a lot more money making other types of products, maybe it's NFTs or uh, products within the cannabis space, it's not my demographic, it's not my focus. And so my focus can't be distracted from things that don't fill the ultimate goal. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure that that resonates with you, but I do want to just kind of stress that to the end. Listener who's listening right now, don't get distracted by something that is gonna require too much of your time and you're, you're juggled between a hundred different things and the needle never moves. And you constantly get home at night and you're like, man, what did I really do today? 
what did I do? Did I win the day? Did I move the needle further? And if, if you, if you, this resonates with you, something's off, you need to kind of shift into another paradigm. Your mindset needs to alter and you need to get less distracted with noise. That's not going to be, um, a reward at the end of the day for you. I think it's great advice. You know, I would also say that I think, um, you know, there's, it's how you allocate your time, the sacrifices you're willing to make, uh, you know, it's, it's, everybody has a different definition of, of what working hard means. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I'm uh, for my clients and, and my business partners, you know, I'm, I'm 24 seven and my family sacrifices quite a bit for me to be able to do that. And it's, uh, it's just understood, you know, it kind of comes with the territory. Uh, so I think that ultimately I would also say you have to know what you're signing up for. Um, because you know, when you're signing the checks, it's different than when, uh, you know, you're just putting that check into your bank account and going home to crack open a six pack. hundred percent, man. Yeah, I agree. And so I got one last question for you. And this is a pretty tough one unless you've thought about it, but I think you won't have any issues. If you were to pass away tomorrow, what do you want to be remembered for? Yeah, I want to, I have thought about it and and it it goes back to my purpose. You know, I lost my mother to cancer uh, in my early twenties. I didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up, so to speak. And my father uh, got remarried in a very short period of time and moved to Florida. So I found myself kind of alone figuring that out in a very transitional period in life. And I got into commercial real estate and there were a lot of assholes in the industry that rooted for my failure as opposed to help me out. I'm still scarred by that. And that's what drives me to do what I do every day. So I just hope that the world uh, would remember me for making the commercial real estate industry a better place uh, and uh, a more diverse place, uh, a place that is abundant and everybody can win. So that's why I'm here and that's why I do what I do. All right, guys, if you got value from this episode and you loved it, then do me a solid favor. If you haven't already, be sure to leave us a five-star review. It's a simple ask and it helps us spread our show to so many new viewers. If you also got value from this and you want to see it on video, go to our YouTube channel, Colin Wayne. You'll see the show, Colin with Colin. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, a brand new episode is here just for you. If you want to be on the show, go to invite.millionairecreator.com and you could potentially be on the show. Lastly, if you got value from this and want to share it with your friends and family members, we'll be randomly selecting those that tag us and posting it across my social channels. So thanks again for your support. We look forward to seeing you on a future episode of Colin with Colin.